0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. Viewed to be the best. Presented by DogNation.com. This is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So as I speak to you today here on a Monday, I want you to know that I'm very excited about tomorrow. Tomorrow being a Tuesday. Uh, but not just any old Tuesday. For me, it's kind of back in the saddle again doing this show live. We've had a series of pre recorded shows three days last week and here to start this new week. I've been on a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. I'm so thankful for. The chance to take my family in a situation like that so thankful for all of you who've chosen to tune in and support us even when i can't be here live and looking forward to getting back here tomorrow and for me in a lot of ways that's kind of a turning of the page if you will uh, our last planned vacation day for this summer is uh today that means starting tomorrow other than like say 4th of July which is sort of a normal holiday but other than that you know we're planning on kind of being here sitting in this chair doing the show every day until the 2023 season comes to an end until we actually get to you know late January February something like that we're going to roll through all the way on this and I'm really excited about that as we're going to be talking about a lot the idea of go for 3 in 23 and you know we began the show one of the days last week by talking about the history that georgia can make this particular season the notion that for the first time since the 1930s you know a team can win a third straight national championship the fact that it's georgia you know i think that's amazing and one of the things i think that's so amazing about that is how competitive college football has become i mean the the race for national championship is as intense as it's ever been now it's not balanced and there isn't a lot of what you call parity you know there aren't a hundred teams that can win one, but the small handful of teams that could win a national championship, boy, it seems like their level of resources, their level of strength goes up. And so the fact that Georgia is dominating at a time in which the very best teams in college football are very difficult to dominate, I think that just sort of speaks to the success of what Georgia has been able to do. And here's, I think, kind of the unspoken part of all that there as well if you're in a competitive fight for your life, in college football, that's kind of what it is. It's sort of a zero-sum game. What's good for me is bad for you if you're my competition. In a fight that's as competitive as college football is, you use everything you have to your advantage. And you make no excuses for it. You make no apologies for it. It's just the way that it is. Because what's your advantage in one year? It may not be to your advantage in a future year. And you just sort of take it as it comes. And That includes everything for me, including the schedule that you play, because let's face it, as Georgia approaches the 2023 season. There is some attention being paid to the georgia schedule we've talked about this plenty other places have talked about it more the idea that on paper it sort of seems like georgia is playing what was the phrase that greg McElroy used a more manageable schedule here in 2023 i'll give you an example of this uh we played this audio for you last week i guess it was when the 2024 slate of sec opponents was released georgia obviously sees road games at texas road games at alabama that seems to be a far cry from what george will play in this season and as McElroy was talking about Step, uh, of what Georgia has awaiting it in the 2024 season he like many others have kind of acknowledged that hey this year it's a little bit of a break from all of that uh from Georgia this is what Greg McElroy saw on the SEC network last week
1: man I'll tell you what I, I think Georgia's schedule is absolutely brutal you get five games away from home similar to Oklahoma but when you look at what they have if you and granted look this is two years from now so take it with a slight grain of salt they're Games played outside of Athens in 2022, they went a combined 40 and 25. That includes an 11 and 2 Alabama, 8 and 5 Texas, 8 and 5 Ole Miss, 7 and 6 Kentucky, and then Florida being the one team that they play away from Athens. That went under 500 and we all know what that rivalry is like and what might be here two years from now as Billy Napier continues to hopefully get the Florida Gators back on track. I think this schedule is brutal, Darry, especially given what should be a relatively manageable 2023 campaign for the Dogs.
0: So you hear that said somewhat softly by Macroy, relatively manageable 2023 campaign. There are other media types who've said it more forcefully than that. Ah, oh, this schedule's a travesty. This is an embarrassment. This is whatever else. And uh, to repeat what I said a moment ago, if you're Georgia, I don't think you need to apologize for that at all for a few reasons. First of all, there's this. Kirby Smart in this case did not set the Georgia schedule. In fact, the schedule that he tried to set was taken away from him. As you're aware, Georgia was supposed to play at Oklahoma here this season because of the fact that Oklahoma is now joining the SEC. The league office said it was going to be too complicated to begin a home and home as a non-conference, knowing that by the time that series was completed, uh you know they would now be conference foes, Georgia and Oklahoma. And Kirby Smart has done everything he can over the years to make the Georgia schedule as tough as it can possibly be. He's always enjoyed uh, playing. Playing these big time impressive non-conference games even with the idea of the SEC schedule is about to get tougher Kirby Smart has not shied away from tough out of conference scheduling by the way next season Georgia will play uh, against Clemson in Atlanta they were also in that spot to begin the 2022 season against Oregon and before that game you know Kirby Smart sort of talked about his scheduling philosophy maybe that's a break this year with no big non-conference game such as Oregon a game that Georgia won 49-3 last season or maybe the best teams on paper in the SEC but in most years. Georgia's seeking out those types of games to play. Uh, this is what Kirby Smart said about that before last season.
1: As far as philosophy, it's never changed for us. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's you, you look at it as if you make decisions right now for right now. Decisions made for this year and next year were made the long time ago. And it's always been my philosophy to go play a uh, quality opponent, a power five opponent, a big matchup. I don't care if it's home and home. I don't care if it's neutral site. I mean, go play a good team. Because I really believe that helps your team get better. And when you play in the SEC, you're going to run the gauntlet anyway. What's one more team playing a really tough, physical team? We don't run from that at Georgia. I embrace that. Our fans want that. I want that. I think that generates a lot more excitement. I think you recruit off of that when you go and you get to sell opening the game and playing in big-time venues.
0: So Georgia certainly approached its seasons like that plenty in the past. The fact that that's not the case this year, I certainly think it's no you know thing that Georgia has to be embarrassed about, and certainly not something that, the kind of thing that Georgia needs to apologize for. In fact, I think the hope is among Georgia fans, at least the hope that should be, that Georgia uses this schedule to its advantage, because as I mentioned a moment ago college football at the very top of the sport has never been more competitive than it is right now. And every program, you better believe, would use whatever advantage it thinks it has to try to give itself the the, the the largest competitive edge possible. There are some programs that feel like they have more NIL money than other programs do. They don't apologize for using that money as much as they possibly can. There are other programs who may have geographic advantages. Maybe they live in a big city. The, the school is located in a big city where you have the, the access to large fan base or something like that for programs who think they have that they're not apologizing for that either there are some programs who have different levels of history than other programs leaning on that history that heritage that prestige of course they're not going to apologize for that and in 2023 if georgia were to have the benefit of a easier schedule a more advantageous schedule then once again given the cutthroat competitive nature of college football georgia should use everything to its advantage which kind of leads me one of the questions i've been asking a lot of our guests here this week and coming up in a moment we're going to talk to jake from I'm going to ask this question to him, too. It's the over-under. I've given you over-unders for uh, the Georgia running back situation, the Georgia defense, the the Georgia quarterback situation. I've given you a lot of those over under type questions as a way of projecting what's going to happen here in the 2023 season and one of those over unders i've been asking is over or under one game for georgia in this upcoming season in the regular season by the way we're not counting postseason here but in the regular season decided by a touchdown or less now the odds are college football is a weird tricky sport difficult to predict much like the missouri game bubbled up for georgia out of nowhere last year some other game kind of bubbling up like that this year the odds are that just might very well happen that's kind of the way that it does but i hope that's not the case and i sort of suspect it might not be the case here is my prediction on the over under or of of regular season games decided by a touchdown or less i'm gonna take the under I don't believe that Georgia plays a close game in this year's regular season. Now, at some point in time, SEC championship, college football playoff, someone's going to be likely to put Georgia to the test there at that particular spot. And I guess there's a line of thinking of, well, have you prepared yourself well enough in the regular season? If a test eventually comes, fair question. Maybe that's when we'll discuss at some other point in time. But for now, what we're saying is, is that i think georgia which as we talked about earlier this week has a chance of being a historic team there is something to be said for a historic team playing historically and marching through a schedule like this laying waste to everyone you play winning every game as dominantly as georgia won almost every game a year ago that just to me seems to make a lot of sense right now because when you think about it the games which are maybe likely to provide the biggest test for georgia like say the tennessee game on the road by the time that's played there's no telling what we'll think about tennessee at that point they will have already played at alabama they'll play to texas a and m team they'll have gone on the road to florida they will have faced some challenges that will tell us a lot about the vols by the way more on that in a moment so even tennessee which right now would appear to be on paper the one team most likely to challenge georgia Georgia's still slightly above a touch down favorite in that spot everybody else george is essentially a double digit favorite on so my prediction is none of these games this year in the regular season are going to be close george is going to win them all convincingly and clearly and frankly you know well before the full 60 minutes are played and as that happens georgia will give no apologies nor should they it is maybe just so happens to be a slightly easier schedule than we're used to seeing georgia play in the past sometimes college football has a way of surprising us maybe one of these games surprises maybe one of these opponents rises up and is better than we kind of anticipate them being but if that doesn't happen all the better for georgia georgia's trying to make history this season trying to win a third straight national championship my advice to the dogs is use any potential advantage you have at your disposal By the way, another scheduling note here coming up in just a moment that I think is kind of interesting. But before that, let me remind you, my name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Pella, window and door of Georgia. Happy to have you with us. Whether you join us normally on video, that's live, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch we are pre-recorded this week or i should say this day back live again tomorrow last couple of days we've been pre-recorded that means no first in 15 we normally do that dognation.com dognation app starting at nine we'll look forward to getting back to that again tomorrow morning of course on the radio every day on at- app and sports radio 9, 6 the ref we broadcast there at noon and a podcast apple spotify everything else in between we are just really happy to have you as a part of our program today and so thankful for our friends at pella window and door of georgia who make all of this possible better windows better doors it just makes the living experience better because people want to be a good neighbor right and making your home look good on the outside that's a great way to be very neighborly and that's what pella windows and doors will do also you may think about one day reselling the house that you're living in right now. Well, improving the outdoor curb appeal of your home, that's also a way to kind of potentially positively impact your resale value as well. Once again, that's something that Pella windows and doors can do. Plus, making your home feel good on the inside, the energy gets so expensive in the winter, summer, every time in between, keeping it right where it's supposed to be, making the uh, lovely area on the outside of your house look good as you look through those windows to see it, properly sealed and, and, and properly fitted doors. All of that, a great part of the Pella experience. And that's one of the reasons why in survey after survey, year after year here in our market area, you know, Pella window and door of Georgia has been viewed to be and it's not just a silicon, but they truly are viewed to be the best, best product, best satisfaction, best everything, best value, of course. So it's time for you to educate yourself about this. Maybe talking to one of those Pella experts is the best way for you to do it. It's a no pressure consultation. They're not trying to push you, they're not trying to sell you. They're just trying to educate you. So you can understand why it is that Pella windows and Pella doors have been respected for such a long time. So you might want to stop by and see them and their experience center in Duluth. You might want to reach out, give them a call 678-638-1429 that's six seven eight six three eight fourteen twenty nine, or visit them online. Pella of GA.com slash dog nation. That's Pella of GA.com slash dog nation. Whatever your choice to kind of enter into a conversation with them in person, online, over the phone, just make sure you tell them that BA from Dog Nation Daily sent you to them. Because I know they're going to take great care of you, so make sure you check out our friends at Pella Window and Door of Georgia today. Great to have them as a part of Dog Nation Daily. Also, special guest for us—normally John Stinchcomb is our Monday guest. This week, we're actually going to hear from the former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm. Looking forward to doing that in just a little bit. Great, great, fun discussion. We'll do that as a part of a Kroger Fresh Take here coming up in just a minute. Prior to that, though, let's go around the doghouse. And as we're talking about the Georgia scheduling situation for a moment. I wanted to kind of frame this here, and I remember back a year ago, when we first started doing the go for two and 22 pitch, the idea, the kind of catchphrase, you know, hashtag, whatever you want to call it. The reason why we started doing that was on the heels of Georgia just absolutely laying waste to South Carolina, and obviously Georgia two weeks prior to that had beaten up, you know, Oregon really badly, and obviously there was a lot to like about, about Georgia through those three weeks. But for those of you who've been with us for a long time, one of the things you may remember is, is that it wasn't just that that made us feel confident to say, hey, Georgia's is going to go for two and 22. Georgia is not going to settle for just one national championship. They're going to to view it as a very realistic possibility when the national championship again. This is real. This is happening. Uh, Georgia was underrated prior to the start of the season, and now they're showing people they're still the class of the college football world. Part of our reason for saying that at the time wasn't just related to what George was doing. But also through those three weeks of the season, we had seen Ohio State not exactly look great against Notre Dame to begin the season. We had seen Alabama almost lose to Texas. And those two teams that were rated ahead of Georgia to begin the year, not only had Georgia look great, but both those teams actually looked a little bit more vulnerable through those first couple of weeks of the season than a lot of folks kind of thought that they would be. And I remember thinking about that a little bit this week just because I think there's a very interesting scenario that's going to play out for Georgia very, very quickly in the 2023 season. As we said before, there is not a lot of measuring stick games for Georgia. There's not a lot we're going to find out about Georgia week to week. And that may be one of the negative byproducts of a more manageable schedule for UGA that a lot of Georgia fans kind of live in a world in which I'm not really quite so sure how good my team is. And you may not fully know that until your team truly gets you know, tested, truly gets pressured. Eventually, that's likely to happen. But boy, learning things about other teams we're going to do that pretty quickly here for this college football season so keep this date in mind georgia plays south carolina week three of the 2023 season there's a chance south carolina's pretty good i picked them earlier this week to finish second in the seces we'll see if that turns out to be true uh, i believe the gamecocks have a chance to be somewhat of a slight surprise team building off what they were able to do a year ago but if georgia does to south carolina again this year what it's done the last couple of years That's going to coincide with a lot of other moments through the first couple of weeks for for would-be Georgia opponents, Georgia competitors for the SEC championship, the college football playoff and everything else, that could be quite instrumental. Think about this. By the time Georgia plays South Carolina week three, we will have already seen LSU, a team that you know I'm pretty high on for this year, playing Florida State week one. If LSU is as good as I think they are, they will have a chance to prove that in Orlando week one against Florida State. And if I'm wrong about LSU, once again, we'll also find that out pretty quickly. I've told you before that I believe that Alabama is going to lose at home to Texas in week two. Once again, this is a very early data point on just how close anyone is to being able to compete with Georgia in the SEC this season. If Alabama holds serve at home, they beat Texas, then the idea that Bama is a real contender to Georgia and a team potentially on Georgia's level, uh, a game like that against Texas would obviously go a long way towards determining that. But if the opposite happens, if my prediction comes true, if Quinn Ewers does lead the, long, lead the Longhorns there to that win, then once again, through two weeks of the season, we've learned that a lot about another would-be contender for uh the top of the sec the college ball playoff there with georgia to say nothing of the fact that on that same week three date that georgia's playing south carolina tennessee is going to florida florida who will have played week one against utah so these other two teams in the sec east that would like to think of themselves as potential threats to georgia by week three we're gonna know if that's true did florida go out to salt lake city did they handle their business at all did tennessee uh go on the road to florida uh did they demonstrate they are still the kind of sec contending team they showed themselves to be a year ago we don't have to wait very far very long to find out any of that as far as how good george is ultimately that's a story told in the postseason, december and january how good george's sec competitors are that's a story we're going to find out a lot about as soon as the month of September and that is around the doghouse here on dog nation daily presented by Palo window Door of Georgia today now before this show is done I've got my official playoff picks and I confess this on uh, I guess it was Tuesday of last week one of our shows last week I'm not that thrilled with my playoff picks this is sort of the best I have based on the information that's out there a lot of times I'll kind of you know stick my chest out and try to make a big deal about my opinions about whatever one way or another these playoff picks this year not quite the same thing not a lot of bass in my voice as i make these picks but i'll give them to you nonetheless before the show is done you can laugh at me if you want to we'll come back and do all that live uh tomorrow but for now on other predictions what it's going to look like for georgia here this season what to expect from these dogs great voice to help us do that uh, it is jake from let's talk to him right now as a part of a kroger fresh take here on dog nation daily today From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insight. And here on Dog Nation Daily Time for our Kroger Fresh Take. And happy to have Jake Fromm on the uh, program here today. Not always a Monday guest, but happy to have him on this particular Monday. And fun to kind of look ahead to the upcoming season with the uh, Georgia Bulldogs here as I'm kind of on my final pre recorded show here, but getting back to normal again tomorrow. And great to have Jake on the show today. Jake, we appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us. We hope you're doing well.
1: Hey, Brandon, what's going on? Glad to be here. Ready to start the week?
0: So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, We're gonna do some. We've been doing this over the last few days. Some over unders for the upcoming season, looking at some numbers and just simply asking our guests, do you think the number will be higher than that or lower than that for the upcoming season? What's ironic here is at least a couple of these here, some of your own career kind of factors into a little bit. So you're sort of an interesting person to ask these questions to, including the first one here, looking at the guy that we presume to be the starting quarterback for Georgia here this season, Carson Beck. I'm gonna set the over under on touchdown passes for Carson this season at 27. Do you think that Carson will have over that other words more than 27 or less than that before you answer i'll give some context here 27 is exactly what stetson had in 2022 he had 29 in 2021 your high water mark i believe was 30 in 2018 if uh, memory serves you may correct me on that but i believe you were 30 touchdowns in 2018 so that's a little bit of the context for like recent georgia quarterbacks yourself included do you see carson going over or under 27 here this year
1: you know, honestly, I'm going to go over on this one. Um, even though he is a first-year starter, man, he's coming in with a lot of experience. Uh, I mean, Carson's definitely, I mean, basically a vet out there already. Uh, saw a lot of uh, composure from him uh, in the spring game. And uh, with Bobo calling plays, man, I just, I think he's going to kind of go back to – Back to his old days, man, to swing that thing around. Uh, and I think you're going to see the ball in the air a lot more this year.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things here, Jake, is, is that whether it be changeover to offensive coordinator or, you know, whatever else, it just sort of seems like the Georgia's kind of settled into a thing the last couple of years where they just sort of throw it more than they used to. And whatever Todd Munkin helped usher in here to UGA – The sense that I get is and you're obviously, you know, closer to this than I am. So you may have a different perception on this. But the sense that I get is, is that whatever new mindset came to light when Todd Mungle was the offensive coordinator, that still remains here at Georgia. So whether it's, you know, Bobo calling the plays or changeover at starting quarterback, this is just a team that I think is that that wants to throw it maybe a little bit more than it did a few years ago. Is that the sense that you sort of get on this?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's even more than that. I think it's more of a, a philosophy change in the college football game. I think yeah. uh, it, for me, when I see it and I'm watching, I, I see a full 60 minutes of play calling being called. Not hey, we're going to get up big at halftime. Yeah. We're going to play the starters for you know one to two series there in the second half. Call the dogs off, so to speak, and then you know run some RPOs and, and run out the clock and move on to the next one. I see. Uh, coaches wanting to continue and improve their guys throughout the course of the game, even if it is out of hand, because they know when they get into a, a, an SEC championship game, a playoff game, or a national championship, you know, in a game where Georgia found themselves against Ohio State, where they're going toe-to-toe with a, an explosive offense, they're going to be able to have that experience to be able to go and compete and put up those kind of numbers. So I think it's a philosophy change um, kind of in, in the whole college football realm uh, of being able to play balls to the wall, you, working on your high-powered offense throughout sure. the course of 60
0: minutes. No, I think that's a really good point. Staying on the offensive side of the ball here for a moment, a little bit less specific in terms of the name, but pretty specific in terms of the number. I'm going to set the over-under for 843 yards, George is a leading rusher this season. I'm not going to say if it's Kendall, Milton, or Dejon Edwards or Branson Robinson. You know, we won't say the specific name necessarily, but in terms of that rushing yard total, over or under. 843 for some context here Georgia hasn't had a rusher eclipse a thousand yards since your last season in 2019 DeAndre Swift obviously did that then this kind of puts Georgia kind of in line with what it's been the last couple of years so over or under 843 yards for Georgia's leading rusher here this season
1: yeah this one's tough for me I think I'm gonna go under on this one because I just I don't know who the guy is who the guy's gonna be who's gonna emerge in camp uh, to really solidify their role as the guy, um, and I think it's going to be a lot by committee, uh, honestly, throughout the course of the season. Um, and then you, you also you just never know, injury bug could sure. get somebody. You know, we do not want that to happen. But um, I, I would just I would not be surprised if it's a lot of running backs by committee. Uh, this fall. So I think that that 843 numbers is going to be pretty tough to attain.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like, you want to go back to your first year, George, you had the great tandem of Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb. Then your second year, it's Elijah Holyfield and DeAndre Swift. And then Swift kind of You know, mostly got most of the carries in 2019. But you know, kind of after you left, 2020, 2021, 2022, it seems like this team got very comfortable giving a lot of running backs a lot of carries. And while you did have the Kenny McIntoshes and the Zamir Whites who sort of stepped up, and kind of James Cook certainly made a name for themselves, the truth is, is it is a lot more running back by committee the last couple of years than it used to be now it's worked out very well for george obviously they're winning you know certainly plenty of games it's just interesting how philosophically it seems like the georgia rushing attacks kind of evolved here the last couple of years
1: yeah i mean 100 percent. i mean i think you nailed it um you know i I think these guys are very talented um that's not taking away uh, of their talent their work ethic or anything um kind of so to speak in in that uh part of the deal i just think that um as an offense they want to keep a a fresh guy in they want to Uh, make it a a tough physical um, and and pounding uh, deal for the defense that whoever they're going to go up and tackle man it's going to hurt because this guy's fresh uh, and he's ready to go so I think that's just kind of a a comfort that they found uh, on the offensive side of the ball
0: all right moving to the other side here for a moment we're going to set the over under at three first team all SEC players for Georgia on defense for some context they had two first team guys a year ago Christopher Smith and Jalen Carter had three first team guys in 2021 and could have had a million but they had three Um, so that's the context here over under three first team all SEC players for Georgia on defense in 2023 oh
1: man this is another tough one I I think it may be I think I'm gonna go under because I think it may be uh, like a number, like a two again, sure. um, but I, you know, it's just, ai think a slight rebuilding here on, on defense, but I, I think you got a lot of guys that are chomping at the bit, uh, waiting to get out there and showcase what they can do, so um, man, I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen there on defense side of the ball, uh, as far as big names stepping up, but I'm going to my number
0: at two well it's a weird thing too right it's, it's almost like it's just as hard to be first team all sec as it would be to be all american right you got the entire country you're competing oh, yeah. with in the one oh, but yeah. when you look at you know what this league puts out on the defensive side just being one of the 11 best defensive players in this league is a very hard thing to be able to do
1: man it is it is so tough um especially in the sec in our conference man it is a tough thing to do and it's a big deal when you are able to achieve uh, a goal of that magnitude but um Man, every single year you look at guys being drafted all over the SEC. And you're like, man, where did this guy come from? Blows up, have a big year. So uh, you never know. But uh, obviously we wish for that number to be a little higher. All
0: right, a couple more, uh, and you're doing a great job on these, as I knew you would. Looking at the totality of the regular season here for a moment, over or under – one game for georgia decided by a touchdown or less in other words how many close games will georgia play over under one regular season game decided by a touchdown or less here for this upcoming season can it be that easy for georgia it certainly almost was a year ago
1: gosh that is uh i i don't know what what's what's tougher there you know 12 wins or, or uh what you know a game decided by seven points or less um you know, I, I think it. I think it. Uh, gosh, that is so tough, Brandon. Man, I. I'm gonna go. I can't pick one, huh? It's over or under one.
0: Would you put if, if you gonna... if you? I'll let you push if you want to, because we had a, another guest earlier this week that also pushed as well. So if you want to push on something, I'll give you the freedom to do that.
1: Because I, I think over the course of the season, SEC schedule, I think it end up will become one game decided by seven points or less. Yeah. But I can't imagine it being more than that. Um, and man, to be able to go out for 12 games straight and not have a close game is also incredibly uh, tough as well. You know, they had that, uh, that battle with Missouri that went late sure. in the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just part of the SC schedule, man. It's just part of learning and growing. um, Man, I'm, I'm going to go exactly at one on this one.
0: Well, what you saw, and you mentioned this with the Missouri a year ago, is, is that on paper it seems like, well, Georgia should dominate everybody. And for the most part, that's 100%. what Georgia does. But last year showed you that over the course of 12 games, something very weird is capable of happening because college football is still kind of a weird sport.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, something's always happening. Um, it, it's, it's young men uh, who are out there. You know, some of you, one of your best players could have had a test uh, the day before, I had to stay up late and write a yeah. paper. You never know. Stuff like that always happens. Um, and some guys could just be a little bit off, take a road trip. Um, guys maybe just aren't their best. So uh, it, it takes a lot of focus uh, and discipline over the course of 12 games in the SEC to be able to go out and dominate every single game. Definitely have the ability to do that, um, but it's another thing to go out and do it.
0: All right. One final question coming up. Before that, let me remind folks, this is our Kroger Fresh Take with Jake Fromm here on Dog Nation Daily here today. And obviously, we're in the middle of summer and enjoying that. And for so many of you, that means summer grilling season. You got the ribs, the steak, the dogs, the burgers, whatever There on that great grill and all that great food coming from our friends at Kroger. So when you go and get stocked up for whether it be Fourth of July, you're just hanging out with friends and neighbors. Kroger the place to go to get stocked up for everything you need for this wonderful uh, summer grilling season so make sure you check that out at your local Kroger here today all right our final over under Jake and you've done great with these how about looking at the entire league at large here for a moment over under 1.5 SEC teams in the college football playoff in other words is more than one team from this league going to make the college football playoff over or under 1.5 SEC teams in the college football playoff
1: yeah, I'm going to go over. Okay. I mean, and then my, my my four on that with the best chance, obviously, Georgia. Uh, in the east would be Tennessee, mm-hmm. and then in the west would be Alabama or LSU. So um, th- those are your four horses, in my opinion. Um, you know, there's always a dark horse that ends up, you know, coming in out of nowhere. But I, I, as for me and for right now, I definitely think it's possible um, just the way – the SEC just continues to recruit uh, and put teams out. I mean, it's tough. Uh, LSU has their quarterback coming back. Man. Alabama's going to keep being Alabama. Um, and then Tennessee with their kind of magic season that they had, there's a lot of uh, good things happening there uh, in Knoxville. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them having another good year.
0: Jake, it's a fun conversation. We appreciate you doing that with us here today as part of our Kroger Fresh Take. Thank you so much for your time, and we will look forward to getting a chance to do that with you very soon. Yes, sir, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Boy, I love having Jake Fromm here on Dog Nation Daily. Uh, just a fun conversation be able to do that. Uh, a little bit of a rare Monday appearance for uh, Jake here, but uh, really good stuff nonetheless. And, you know, it's like... Jake is a player, right? And so Terrence Edwards of the same way on Thursday. So they're not quite as used to some of these sort of like contrived topics, these things we kind of think of just so we can have you know a fun conversation. But he hit it right there and uh, did a great job with it. So that was an incredible thing to be able to see. Let me tell you something else that's going to be incredible to see. Now, as I'm speaking to you, I'm obviously in real life, probably sad. I'm recording this to air on a Monday, but in actual time, real time on Monday. I am coming home from a wonderful Royal Caribbean Cruise vacation. Uh, My family, we've actually been on Independence of the Seas here this weekend. Something we want to do for my mom for Christmas. You know, it's one of those things of, you know, sometimes you're just not quite so sure, well, you know, what should you do for your mom for Christmas? And this is going back, obviously, back in December, and the idea had come to me it's like well first of all it's always a great way for me to get on another royal caribbean cruise ship which i'm always in favor of but also kind of a nice thing to do for uh, our mom so we did that there and i'm trusting we had a great time we're driving back today the good news is we'll be back live in kind of full form and fashion tomorrow but the sad news is another royal caribbean cruise vacation has come to an end but the best news of all is there'll be more royal caribbean cruise vacations to be had in 2024 And we want you to be a part of the Dog Nation Cruise because it's returning and it's bigger and better than ever before. Like any great sequel should be just bigger and better because this time the Dog Nation Cruise set sail on an Oasis-class ship. It's called Allure of the Seas. It's got all the great things that Oasis-class ships are famous for. That means the Aqua Theater where you can see the wonderful show on the back of the ship, all the great entertainment options but also those neighborhoods. I'm talking about when you're walking through like the Central Park neighborhood on on an Oasis-class ship, you literally forget that you're even at sea because you're walking through something that looks like Central Park. It's got real growing flowers and and plant life, and it's it's like being in a park, and yet you are in the sea on the middle of the ocean. It's unbelievable, and everyone who attends our Dog Nation cruise is going to get a chance to experience that for themselves. It's April 22nd through the 26th. Next year, that's 2024, sailing from Port Canaveral, going to Nassau in the Bahamas, going to Perfect Day, Coco Cay. We've only got room for 200 state rooms, and even as I'm speaking, we've had so many of these uh, getting booked up here this week. What an extraordinary experience. And if you have heard us talk about it and you've said before, the next time Dog Nation has a cruise, I'm definitely going to go. Well, next time is finally here. So go to the website, royaldogs.com, and you can be a part of it today. That is royaldogs.com. All right, so I want to confess here for a moment as we go cruiser on the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. I told you at the end of last week that on this final of our pre-recorded shows that I was going to give out my college football playoff picks. I got to tell you, I don't really love my playoff picks, to be completely honest with you. I mean, a few of these were pretty easy. One of these very, very easy. The rest of them left a little bit of a wrestling match. Let me just say this real quick before I kind of go through my picks. You know, I consider a team like USC, obviously bring back the uh, Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback and Caleb Williams and head coach Lincoln Riley, no stranger to being in the college football playoff. He did that several times when he was head coach at Oklahoma, winning game down to the stretch to be able to do so. But my gosh, the lack of defense that USC played a year ago, the lack of any kind of like mental or physical toughness to kind of put themselves in that playoff position at the end of last season, that's just spooked me bad, and I can't pick them. I just can't. Given what I did not see from them a year ago, understanding this is probably a little bit deeper Pac-12 this year, Utah still expects to be pretty good. Oregon still expects to be pretty good. You, know, you can kind of run through the gamut here. There's you know, Oregon State now. You know, there's, there's a decent handful of Pac-12 teams that probably won't be too bad, and that makes it, I think, even a little tougher for USC in terms of getting through with kind of a playoff-worthy record. I think it's a little bit easy to exclude them and considered a team like clemson uh i think one of the most important offseason moves to take place here of the last few months was the arrival of garrett riley speaking of the riley coaching family here garrett riley the former tcu offensive coordinator as clemson oc i think clemson needed a new spark offensively with kate klubinick taking over as the full-time quarterback uh, i think that riley might be able to provide that i think a healthy will shipley is still a really interesting player but I don't know, y'all. There's just kind of a little bit of a weird vibe around Clemson. After being in the playoff year after year after year, it just doesn't quite feel like the same Clemson anymore. They're still recruiting pretty well, so you can't necessarily put your finger on what makes them so different. But there is, and I like, I mean, believe it or not, I probably like Dabo a little bit more than some of y'all would prefer me like him because I do think he has a core set of principles, I think he sticks to them. But there is a certain extent to which, when you've got Georgia adding a handful of transfers, making their program better in the process, Ohio State seeks to do the same thing. Most programs seek to add at least a small handful of transfers. The fact that Dabo seems completely unwilling to do that at all, at a certain point, doesn't that catch up with you? And you're playing in a conference now. After a long time, you're kind of the only high-quality team in that league. I'm talking about the ACC. Well, this year, that's not quite true anymore. Uh, Florida State is now in that league. And I think the Florida State's a real threat. Now, I think that Florida State probably just stops just short of being the kind of nationally contending team that some folks think they could be. But uh, nonetheless, I think it's a threat to Clemson, therefore easy for me to exclude Clemson. So, Or I should say at least, I shouldn't say easy to exclude them. It leads me to, uh, to exclude them even after some deliberation, some debate. So with all that said, let me give you my four teams. You can kind of poke holes on me on this if you want to, and you may turn out to be right you 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 just may I don't love the conclusions that I draw here first one super easy in the college football playoff I've got Georgia and I already told you a few weeks ago that I've got Georgia go for three in 23 I believe they win the national championship here again it's very easy to put them in the college football playoff as I mentioned on I believe it was Thursday's show Georgia has been so good last couple of years it's almost rendered the idea of preseason predictions a little bit of a moot point but nonetheless let's put Georgia in the college football playoff I'm guessing I don't get very many arguments from many of you on that but joining Georgia in the college football playoff I've got LSU now here's my thought process my reasoning on that I think there's a very good chance that the only game that LSU loses prior to the SEC championship will be to Georgia in the SEC Championship. I also think there's a little bit of extra juice that LSU might have for that game. File this away to come back to later on that when we get to what I believe will be a Georgia-LSU-SEC Championship, I believe that LSU is going to claim extra motivation, bulletin board material in this game. And I believe they're going to do it for two reasons. The Jalen Carter thing where he's toting Jaden Daniels around over his shoulder, I think that's going to be considered extra motivation. And the big thing here is, I think that Brian Kelly is going to use, whether it comes out publicly or not, uh, I'm guessing it probably to a certain degree will come out publicly. I think they're going to use the fact that Georgia scored 50 points and they used the two-point conversion to get it and uh, Todd Munkin was celebrating the way that he did. I, I don't know that this matters in terms of how the SEC championship is decided, but um, I do think LSU is going to claim extra motivation, bulletin board material against George when that game is played file that away and see if that doesn't turn out to be true uh come December when these two teams get together but my argument for LSU as a playoff team is this a we have seen two SEC teams make the playoff twice before so uh, that is not an unforeseen set of circumstances we saw two teams in the same conference a year ago both from the Big Ten make the college football playoff but the thing that LSU is going to have going forward is if they are as good as I think they are and if Florida State represents the kind of quality team I think it can be LSU beating Florida State week one would have a lot of cachet potentially with the college football playoff selection committee I still think Alabama is a good enough team that beating them will probably be a little bit of a big deal so if you get the win against Alabama if you get the win against Florida State you're talking about collecting some quality wins you're also talking about no other team that necessarily I think threatens LSU enough for that kind of regular season loss there's a very good chance the LSU is like Georgia 12-0 and going into the SEC championship game and if they were to lose to Georgia there may be enough ammunition to put LSU into the college football playoff and if all of this seems like too much too soon keep in mind Brian Kelly's been to the college football playoff twice before and he was way better in year one at LSU than a lot of folks thought that he would be I view LSU as one of the nationally elite teams right now, as we said back on Friday. When we first started talking about that, that sort of felt like a fairly uncrowded corner. It seems like there's a little bit more juice around LSU right now. I think a lot of that's related to growing skepticism against Alabama. That may be justified, but I don't think you, if you're the kind of person who likes predictions, but you don't like predictions when too many people are predicting the same thing, which I guess I'm from time to time that way. I don't think you have to worry about that in the case of LSU because early stages of this calendar year, January, February, way more love for Alabama then than there was for LSU. I think only just now are people kind of coming to the conclusion of something a lot of us would have thought from the very beginning, which was LSU is the class of the final year of the SEC West. LSU will be the class of that league. And we will get Georgia LSU one more time in the SEC championship, something that has been a f- quite frequent SEC, SEC championship. We could get that again. All right, next college football playoff team for me. I've got the Michigan Wolverines. Now, uh, let me give you my argument for this because I go back and forth on Michigan-Ohio State. I consider the idea that the playoff could be Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, because at various times of the last two years, I've made the case for two Big Ten, two uh, SEC teams. I made that case fairly frequently. Uh, That has been what I have done. But ultimately, I am not going to put Ohio State in the college football playoff, and I don't feel great about that. I, I don't, but here's the argument I want to make. Teams that have made the playoff two years in a row have frequently made the playoff three years in a row. It's not perfect. It doesn't always work out that way. For instance, Alabama in its most recent streak made the playoff in 20, made the playoff in 2021, didn't make it this past year. So it's not always a situation in which back-to-back playoff appearances works out to be a third, but in most cases that has proven to be true. That's Oklahoma in 17, 18, and 19. That's Alabama and Clemson for a long stretch there. The teams that make it two years in a row Typically make it three years in a row. So you're talking about a Michigan team that was in in 2021 and in in 2022. And there's no obvious reason they take a big step back here this year as well. They've got the uh, Ohio State game once again in Ann Arbor. Uh, They're probably on paper better at quarterback. They may be more experienced. But here's the thing I keep coming back to for the Buckeyes, and I want you to follow this away. Ohio State lost a a good bit off its offensive line from a year ago. They have spent the entire year scouring the transfer portal trying to find replacements. They don't feel like they've got elite offensive linemen in their program. A couple guys in the interior, probably. Uh, But when you look at the offensive tackle positions in particular, that may be less than a strength for Ohio State this year. And that may open the door for Michigan to win the Big Ten once again, Create a lot of firestorm and controversy there in Columbus if that turns out to be true, uh, but but that may open the door. So if that be the case, if I've got Michigan, if I've got LSU, if I've got Georgia, then who is that fourth and final playoff team? Y'all, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I can't come up with any other team. I've got Texas is back in the college football playoff. Now here's my argument here. You can laugh at me, and when I get this wrong, you can rub my face in it. You have every right to do that. But I gave you as a bold prediction a few weeks ago, I believe that Texas goes into Alabama and wins week two. I believe that Quinn Ewers is incredibly undervalued right now as a potential Heisman Trophy winner. I think you can find him somewhere in the neighborhood of 20-1 to or something like that. I think in actuality he's probably better than that as an overall candidate. And, y'all, do the math in your head. If you've got a quality quarterback at that level, a potential Heisman-level quarterback, if you're winning on the road at Alabama in week two – who in the Big 12 is beating you now some of y'all may say Kansas Kansas is going to beat you because Texas can lose to anybody and I guess in a roundabout way they can but maybe not this year maybe not quite yet um you know maybe the pairing of quarterback pressure on Sarkeesian one more year to kind of feast on the Big 12 before it gets much much tougher in the SEC with a marquee win potentially coming like against Alabama I don't know. This would, I don't even feel good saying it. I, I wish I could stand on the table and really kind of make my own case for this. The point is, you got to have four playoff teams. And if you don't like Texas in the playoff, then tell me who you do like more than that. I, I'm honestly curious. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. That's the best I got for you right now. Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Texas. Those are my four college football playoff teams. And that is cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. So as we wrap up here today, I just want to say very quickly, thank you so much for once again allowing us to take a little bit of vacation time. Uh, I am so happy about the chance to do that with my family. I love spending time uh with them, but also so happy about being back because when we are back, we are ready to roll full steam ahead towards the twenty twenty-three season and everything that's gonna come Georgia's way and the rest of the college football world's way over the course of these next few months. I am so excited we have zero more vacation days planned we are full i mean we have fourth of july of course that's a holiday but beyond that we got zero more vacation days planned we are locked and loaded and ready for the 2023 season and i cannot wait to talk to you about it every step of the way including the build-up to it over the course of these remaining summer weeks so we'll look forward to doing that then uh golden shoe for today our buddy ryan walker always so talented and just a really sharp guy what a beautiful graphic here the hunt is on we're not going to hunt we're going to be the we're gonna uh, we will not be we will hunt we will not be hunted ryan walker says very well said indeed and a very very clever graphic all around there uh ryan putting on twitter the hunt is on we will hunt we will not be hunted go for three and 23 three pete on deck uh, hashtag the uh, Birdcage LLC. That's his uh, graphics uh, business there. He does a great job with all that. So very well done. Uh, indeed, that's the case. Go for three in 23 is on deck. And we'll look forward to talking to you about that tomorrow. Before we do, quick reminder, Gator Hater Countdown. We are now just 125 days away from Georgia beating Florida in Jacksonville next October. That's fun to think about. So have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily presented by Pala, Window and Door of Georgia.